What's up, game geeks and tech junkies? Welcome to A Gaming Moment, a weekly 30-minute podcast about everything gaming and streaming related, including the news, tech, and software behind it. Be sure to follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram so you can engage with us, as well as find out when we're streaming the podcast and get a first listen before it goes out across all of your favorite podcasting platforms. I'm Dagan07, and with me is Wild Twins Fan. Wildy, do you remember G4TV, the very first mainstream gaming-based TV channel back in the early 2000s? Well, I kind of remember some of it. To be honest, at that point in my life, I wasn't watching a lot of TV. In fact, I still don't. I did watch a fair bit of ZDTV and Tech TV back in the day, but I really missed out a lot on G4 TV. Um, though I was always aware that it was there in a channel, I just didn't watch it much. They just came out with the teaser on July 24th that the channel is making a comeback in 2021. Now you have to watch it carefully and multiple times as there's a ton of Easter eggs in the short clip. This is exciting for me because one of my favorite shows was Attack of the Show, where they gave previews of upcoming games, movies, general news, and I vividly remember Olivia Munn was one of the hosts. She was really the only reason I enjoyed that last ride-along movie. But what I'm really hoping is that they bring back some of the core shows like Attack of the Show and X-Play. This just goes to show you how mainstream gaming was back in the early 2000s and how even more mainstream it is now that they're wanting to bring back an entire gaming channel. And it's funny you mentioned Tech TV because Tech TV was actually G4's successor after it was bought and rebranded. Man, sounds exciting. I'm glad to see more mainstream gaming content available to the masses. In other news, Bungie released some images and videos of Halo Infinite recently, and for a console and game that's supposed to be cutting edge, it's rather underwhelming. Many memes and critics have come out criticizing the lack of quality, and to be honest, it does look a little Halo 2-ish in my opinion with their graphics. Now, I've seen clips and images of NBA 2K21 on the Xbox Series X, and I can tell you, it's pretty hard to distinguish between a real NBA game on TV and the video game. But this doesn't deter me from buying the console just because Halo looks like crap. I just won't play Halo. And realistically, I haven't played Halo since Halo 2 anyways. So, Wildy, how does this affect your perception of the console? Well, Day, I think this is kind of on par with a new title that's still in development. It's not going to look great at this point, so I'll give them a bit of a pass on that for the moment. You can see the render distance in the intro video isn't that good either. And I think really what they're shooting to show off in this gameplay is a concept and not really the polish and the glamour that you get with a finished game. Even Cyberpunk 2077 has pulled similar tactics where you kind of get that noticeable improvement in the graphics as the game gets closer to launch. Overall, I think there's a fine line of being too realistic to what a game is actually going to look like versus making it look good so people buy it. When Microsoft came out back in May with a Series X gameplay first look video, they got slayed on social media for having almost no actual gameplay and only a bunch of cutscenes, which never really represent the footage in game. So I think Halo was treading that same line. They'll make it look nice, but I don't think Halo's intent has ever been to be the most visually stunning game of its time, and people are being too hard on it. Give them some time, they'll get it right. Halo is too big of a franchise to mess this up. Overall, I'm still jazzed for the new Xbox. Yeah, Wildy, we'll have to see. Only time will tell. I'm still excited about the Series X and what changes it's going to bring to the console gaming market. With all that being said, Wildy, what else did you see this week? A $1,500 gaming chair day. Herman Miller, an award-winning, well-known, respected furniture maker, has teamed up with Logitech's gaming division on the release of a $1,500 gaming chair. I don't know, man. That's more than my entire gaming setup put together. 
my computer, monitors, desk, chair, everything. That's a steep price. I think if they wanted to reach more gamers, and I know this chair might not be for the casual gamer, but 95% of gamers are not going to be able to afford this chair. I'd be curious to see what their projected sales of the chair are, considering the price point and the demographic they're going after. I know this sounds crazy to a lot of people, but I'll argue those who haven't experienced a top-tier chair won't understand. Herman Miller makes several different types of chairs already, and this gaming chair is actually a Herman Miller Embody, which is a chair that's earned a lot of praise since release in 2008. This chair has been given a few tweaks for gamers with Logitech's input. I've spent a lot of time over the years in various chairs in my day job, and I will tell you, you'll notice really quickly when you spend a lot of time in a chair that isn't rated for 24-7 use. These chairs are meant to support your body for long periods of time and do an amazing job of just keeping you comfortable in a long session. It's very clear to me that they're well worth their money. They say a desk worker generally only spends more time in a sleeping position than in a seated position, so quality seating's important. Now that being said, do you need to spend $1,500 to get a quality chair? For me, no, I bought a pretty good quality chair for about 190 bucks on Amazon called the Blue Well Gaming Chair. You can check out my unboxing and review videos of that chair on my YouTube channel at youtube.com slash 7 But I will say this though, it does look pretty slick, but for $1,500 I would hope it's not only functional, but looks great too. Some people who have color themed setups might be turned off by the lack of colors, currently only blue and black. Additionally, there's no specifications of dimensions and weight limit. And let me be real here, I'm a big guy. So if I'm going to drop that kind of cash on a chair, I need assurances it's going to be able to take my weight for those extended periods of time. I would consider this because not only do I game, but I work from home so I spend more time at my desk than anywhere else in my house. So I'm willing to pay a premium for my comfort, but I know some chair companies who will void their warranty if the user exceeds the weight limits of their product. Well I for one am a huge Herman Miller fan. I happen to own a Herman Miller Aeron chair from my home office and I got it used for about 400 bucks. Still spendy, but I've used them and still do daily at work, and I really like them. Finding a used one saved me about 800 bucks or so, so I don't foresee changing chairs for a long time, making it well worth the investment to me. Fun fact, Dagon, did you know that Herman Miller is credited for the invention of the ubiquitous office cubicle back in 1968? Uh, so they're credited for many nightmares too, huh? No, they, uh, they revolutionized how offices and spaces utilized within buildings, being able to maximize space while keeping costs lower than building individual offices within an office space. Now, everyone is moving to these quote-unquote open offices where you're basically sitting at a table with a bunch of people. Thanks, Facebook. Speaking of innovative seating arrangements, there's something interesting coming out of the current pandemic situation. The NBA has partnered with Microsoft and created Together Mode on Microsoft Teams. Together Mode uses AI technology to bring people together into a shared background like a conference room, a coffee shop, or an NBA arena. Together Mode is more than a virtual background. It makes being together virtually feel like you're actually together in person. Starting July 30th, the NBA will outfit each court with a 17-foot tall screen that will wrap three sides of the arena. These stands will be populated with more than 300 fans who will join the game using Together Mode in Teams. Alongside the view of their fellow fans, participants can watch a live feed of the game right within Teams. This new experience is the first to go live as a result of the NBA-Microsoft partnership. 
It gives the participating fans the feelings of sitting next to one another at a live game without leaving the comfort and safety of their own homes. Players, meanwhile, will experience the energy and the support as they dribble down the court and see the fans' real-time reaction. Viewers tuning into the game from home will feel the crowd's energy as well as see the virtual stands filled with fans. This is a fun concept by the NBA. I would have liked to have seen what ESPN has been doing with VR courtside instead of this, but you would have to have VR equipment to fully enjoy it. But given what's available to most people, I think this is a fantastic alternative. As a fan, I was thinking, how are the teams going to have their home field advantage if there are no fans at the game and playing in an empty arena? I think this is a step forward. It's obviously not the same. There's the whole noise thing. 300 people on an LED screen is definitely not the same as 15,000 people getting drunk, yelling, screaming, and cheering. But it's a step forward, and I credit Adam Silver and the entire NBA for being progressive and finding modern solutions for modern problems until we can get back to some sense of normality until all of this COVID crap ends. Yeah, well, I'm not really a follower of the NBA. To be honest, the Minnesota Timberwolves have failed in recent times to kind of capture my interest in their season. That being said, this sounds pretty awesome. I actually can't wait to see how this plays out. It sounds like a fun experience, and I can only imagine the shenanigans that's going to come out of this. Someone in the crowd is going to figure out some way to mess with this. Yeah, someone's going to find a way to advertise something, much like this advertisement here. Hey guys, if you've been enjoying the podcast and would like to support us so we can keep creating more content, we've started a Patreon that you can visit at patreon.com slash a gaming moment. Become a patron and gain exclusive benefits such as early access to episodes, monthly AMAs, and an additional monthly bonus episode. So sign up today. Last big topic of the week. Developer Cyanix has announced the smash hit game Rocket League is going to be free to play starting this summer. So the core gameplay is going to remain the same, but they're kind of refining the main menus and making exploring the game a little easier, plus revamping and improving some major features like tournaments and challenges and introducing cross-platform progression. Rocket League will release on the Epic Game Store for PC at the same time it goes free-to-play. Anyone who has played Rocket League online before the launch of free-to-play will be rewarded with legacy status and legacy rewards, which will be granted once the free-to-play version launches later this summer. I don't know, Wildy. Is this a sign that they're not going to be doing any more major updates? Perhaps, or maybe something more likely, is that they have something new in the works. But I do enjoy the game, and I'm glad more people will be able to enjoy it. Fun fact, Rocket League is one of the first modern games that was cross-platform compatible between PC and console. Yeah, crossplay was a great step forward for the gaming industry. So we'll have to see what's to come, but I can only imagine how many people are happy about this news. Hey guys, if you haven't already, be sure to follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram so you can engage with us, as well as find out when we're streaming the podcast and get a first listen before it goes out across all podcasting platforms. So do it. Well, now that you mention it, there's no better reason to hit us up on the social medias than the top questions of the week. So while the first question, what is your favorite first person shooter that you've ever played? Yeah, I know we kind of covered this a little bit, but um, Black Ops 2 just really captured everything I wanted in the game. And I remember like the first night I got it and I stayed up and played it a ton and I had people ask me, well, what would you think? You've been talking about this stupid game for all this time. And I was like, I hate to say it, but it's perfect already. And I loved <laughs> it. It's balanced. 
it hit all the right spots it had good content good playability the pace but overall for me it's always cod's always been a balanced game and if that balance is there where you're not lopsided on defense or offense or or whatever then the games the games are really good see for me it was modern warfare 2 it wasn't only the multiplayer but it was also the story mode like I've mentioned before, the story mode of just the Modern Warfare series has been one of my favorite, but Modern Warfare 2, I think, was the epitome of the classic first-person shooter game. The maps were fantastic. The map designs were really good. The different shot angles, the different types of guns, the way you could uh, set them up, the you know the introduction of the tactical nuke. It was just a really, really good game, and... I don't know, maybe I'm a little biased because that was the game that I just wrecked everybody on. You know, those those times that uh, the opposing... Th- you, you, you did so well that the opposing team sent you friend requests because they wanted to play with you because you wrecked them so hard just by yourself, you know, going like 43-2 and two on a on a 75-kill game. So, uh, yeah, Modern Warfare 2 has been, the like, my favorite first-person shooter game ever. And Modern... Modern Warfare 2 had a great flow to it, like fast gameplay, fast character movement. I, I I admired that aspect of the game that Black Ops 2 didn't quite have, but uh, Modern Warfare 2 was definitely a great game too, for sure. Yeah, I think the reason why I, I wasn't too big of a fan of Black Ops 2 is I'm a huge fan of like the more modern guns and Black Ops 2 just didn't have that for me. Yeah, it was still using some of the guns back in, in the 60s and 70s. and But the zombies mode on it was fantastic. I loved I loved zombies. Uh, I believe Black Ops 2 was the one that had, uh, what was it, Night of the Dead or something like that, where you had George running around and you were around a lighthouse. And it was, it was the zombies on that game is top notch. So Dave, question two. Tell me about a piece of technology that has changed or impacted your life. So this one's going to be kind of like a crazy roundabout story, right? It's actually my buddy's camcorder back in my skateboarding days. And the reason why is it actually kind of set me on my, my full career path to what I am today. We used to skateboard, watch these videos. And this is back before YouTube was kind of mainstream. Everybody was kind of hosting their own videos on their own website servers. We got into the habit where we built our own website, like, I don't know, two or three times every couple months. That, that process got me into what I do today as a web developer, you know, during my day job. I think back to those days of creating websites, you know, just to put our just to put our skateboard videos up, you know, uh, designing them in uh, Photoshop seven, splicing them up and rendering them out in HTML and then just putting our putting our videos in those little uh, those little HTML, those little HTML templates. It's crazy to see like that's where I started. That's where I started my passion of of web development and what what's taking me into my career today. Nice, nice. I don't have life changing near as much story. And uh, fifth grade, man, I got the OG Nintendo Game Boy, and for me that was life changing. I'd already loved video games, and there was nothing more I wanted than a Nintendo Game Boy. That was probably the single best electronic I've ever bought. Like the countless hours I got on that 
Game Boy. The games I played, not the highest of quality of games, but just on the go. That was unheard of at the time. For me, it was life-changing to be able to put that in your pocket and go. And I was a Tetris master back then and still probably pretty good at Tetris because I played countless hours of Tetris. As simple as that game was, just something addictively fantastic about it. So for me, that was a big, big game changer for me at fifth grade. Yeah, kids don't know the struggle today. Uh, you know, I had that same OG Game Boy. Mine wasn't the gray one. I, I got the cool clear one where you could see the insides. Uh, the struggle with that was you couldn't play it at night and you got to you got two colors on the screen it's either green or black or a different shade you know various shades of of black there was no other color so yeah no i i remember playing those and trying to uh sitting in the back seat of my mom's car at night holding it up in the uh trying to get the the light from the person behind me while i try to play <laughs> while i try to play it while we're trying to go and then listen to my mom go turn that thing off you're gonna ruin your eyes yeah for sure for sure good memories there so, Wildy, question number three, what is your favorite video game themed show? I think, you know, I'm going to have to say probably Jack Frag's YouTube channel. Uh, it just does a lot of relevant content to what I like, FPS gaming. He's kind of an old school gamer. He's been at it for a while. He's been, YouTube games been at it for a while. And he's got a great perspective on things, very similar to mine. Uh, I believe Jack's rather similar in age to me and he's got a wisdom to him about the games and and the industry that that i really appreciate going to a jack frag video whether it's a game i know and like or a game i haven't seen or kind of know of i can always find good content and something to relate to in the video so easy watch jack frag's video for me sounds interesting i'm gonna have to check jack frag out my favorite, by far my favorite video game based show, and there's a lot of them. There's there's like The Witcher, there's there's a ton of them, but my absolute favorite was actually a YouTube series called Video Game High School, and I encourage you to look it up. It's very, very entertaining. It's basically about a high school for video gamers that want people from that want to be professional video gamers. And the main character basically plays a first person shooter and he's like some sort of prodigy at this first person shooter. And you know, they cut into scenes where that they're sitting at the computer, they're playing the game just like you would at like a tournament, but they actually do scenes inside the game where it's the, the actual players and the actual characters within the game playing their playing their game selves and it's it's a really fun really cool concept some of it can be kind of cheesy but i guarantee you if you watch it it'll probably be some of the most entertaining video that you've ever seen there's some cameos some very special appearances in there from like if you're a fan of epic mealtime uh harley morenstein is the principal of the school I think it's I think it's just a fantastic fantastic little uh, YouTube series, and uh, I encourage everybody to go check it out. You won't be disappointed. Yeah, sounds interesting. I haven't heard of that one, so I'll have to add that to my uh, YouTube's list and uh, check her out for sure. Be sure to keep an eye on our social media. We'd love to hear and engage with your answers to our top questions of the week. 
That's going to be it for this episode, guys. It's great to see a familiar gaming channel make a comeback and a great game making itself available for free. We'd like to thank our producer, Billy, and thank you guys for listening in and supporting us. Subscribe to us on your favorite podcasting platform and be sure to check back every Tuesday for new episodes. Until next time, keep grinding.